Do they have a code clearance? Hello, welcome to episode 131 of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name's Roger. Uh, my name is less important than that. Um, and we're here to present you with some songs. We certainly are. We wrote uh, 14 songs each in February. So we have a February's worth of songs to share with you. An entire February's worth of songs between yes. us. Uh, and we're going to bring two to each episode. Um, you'll know this if you've listened to the season so far. And uh, yeah, uh, you're bringing yours to the table first this week, Declan. So uh, what what have you bought us to listen to today? Um, songs. Hello, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have brought a couple. These are the last two songs that I actually wrote for the uh, challenge, actually. Uh, oh, okay. Both written on the same day. Um, and uh, this first one, they're kind of like pairs. They're like a pair of songs. Uh, like they've got a bit of a link thematically in them. And uh, this one is called Early Riser. It goes like this. Clocks the time Alarm goes off in eight or nine Slowly smiling rubs his eyes Takes a moment just to feel Right Lies in bed and checks his phone Sees who ended the night alone Guns wave as a cool breeze blows Starts to plan for the unknown Keeping calm and centered Adjust to morning light Cannot wait to greet his fortune's right Breath a shower, clothes and news With extra hours, what to do Taking time just to think things through Things he wants to, things he needs While the weather's fair Find embrace in the morning air Thinking that he has no cares But in the morning Who was there? Keeping calm and centered Make way for morning light Cannot wait to greet his fortunes right Close enough So that was Early Riser um, Your second to last song from the February run if I'm not mistaken The penultimate one, yes <laughs> Very uh, very much into that That's um. It's kind of got quite a somber sort of feel to it. How did it start? 
Uh, well, it started with a note on my phone. I kind of had an idea that I wanted to do the last two songs like as being like A and B or like uh, two sides of the same coin. Um, and it just hit me on the bus one day coming home from work. Uh, one should be about like uh, waking up and one should be about going to sleep. Uh, okay. So um, I had a note on my phone for ages like, uh, song 13 is called Early Riser. Song 14 is called Late to Bed. Um, and uh, that's kind of why the first lyric is Early Riser, Clark's set time. It's just like, okay, I need to get this in here somewhere. Let's just stick it in at the front. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's a starting point. When you've got that lyric in your head already, sometimes it's just best to like get down on paper what you've already got and work from there. And yeah, I mean, you could save that kind of lyric for the chorus, couldn't you, of a song like that? But I think opening is just as legit. Yeah, well, the thing is about waking up uh, is that once you've done it, there's no point in coming back and saying, oh, I woke up like three times as your chorus or whatever, because it's <laughs> yeah. an act you do once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Or at least at least once in the day. Like, I, it's n I'm not implying that I've not gone to sleep in the uh, nearly 30 years that I've been on this planet, but... Uh, <laughs> This is why um, I need the coffee, Roger. This is why I need the coffee. Uh, so, like, because you start the verse in that way um, with Early Riser, um, but I don't have the lyrics in front of me, obviously, here, but, like, how do you start each uh, subsequent verse after that? Um, with words. Um, oh, very nice. I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a tricksy one. Um, hold on one sec. Ah! Where the hell did I write everything? I've been writing songs since the end of this challenge as well, so my notebook is like full of these random half-finished lyrics. Hey, that's good to hear. Yeah, me too. I, I don't normally write outside of podcast season, but yeah, I've written a I few know, too. I know it feels strange and dirty, doesn't it? It feels like I've do I got like a you know a, a a torted love affair on the side or something. It feels like I'm cheating on you. <laughs> well, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> About I love to just things, like, yeah. my cannot, to say. cannot process that one entirely. Okay, noted. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a song that went through a little bit of a change. Like uh, what was eventually verse four was initially verse two, and then I realised no, you've just gone through the entire morning. You've 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 locked off any chance for introspection you can do throughout that morning. <laughs> Find more things to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it started off, um, other than having the title as the prompt, it started off with just fiddling about on a C chord. Like the whole song is played uh, via hammer-ons and pull-offs and things like that onto a regular old C chord. And there's a D sus2 for a bit of it, an A minor, an F and a C, and that's about it until you get to the chorus. It's a pretty diatonic then, up until the chorus then, eh? Well, I mean, it's even in the chorus it's diatonic. It's uh, G over B to a C, to a G over B to a C, then running down F, uh, F over E, F over D, F over C, to a G to resolve. Now let me ask you this, because I know we think alike in this way. Now, you were writing a song that was all diatonic so far was there a certain point where you thought oh god i should put in something a little bit clever a little bit spicy here um i don't know why my voice went that high for that uh oh. no uh, he found me out <laughs> um no actually 
This one was very much just kind of like one, once I had that vibe going of that verse pattern because the vocal melody is literally just a guitar line plucked out of it. It's just kind of like, oh, cool. We'll stick with that. That seems to be working for now. <laughs> right. Like, uh, it's one of those songs because it's so calm and peaceful. There's no point in putting weird uh, stuff in it because, you know, that's not the point that's being made. Yeah, that like makes a lot of sense. It doesn't serve the lyrics, and it deliberately is like that in contrast to the other one, where that's diatonic as well, but you do have things like diminished and you have more minor chords and things in there. Um, and it's it's literally just about uh, uh, lyrically, it's literally just about waking up, but waking up from the idea is that you're waking up from a night out, but everybody else stayed out much later than you did. So you so were the that, good one. Yeah, so you were the, in, inverted commas, good one. You went home, you had something to eat, you had a glass of water, uh, put, you set your alarm clock nice and early. Um, although even in this one, like he wakes up before the alarm clock. Um, and it's that's why you've got lines in there like, uh, see who ended the night alone, and you know, I love that. Checking. And uh, just that sort of sense of like, uh, well, if you are looking after yourself like that, then are you really living life to the fullest? <laughs> Which is uh, why you've got that last little bit in the um, thinking that he has no cares, but in the morning, who was there? Because while, while he's checking out all his mates and everything, going like, oh, yeah, like, fucking Steve didn't get anyone. Uh, Steve. Uh, but at least Steve was out there having a good night. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I mean that my favorite lyric in the whole song is, um, checks his phone, see who ended the night alone. Uh, it's so good. It's such a, like, what I like about that is it's a really modern lyric. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause that's something we can do now. We can check our phones and go, oh, look, um, whoever it was, um, they, I don't know. What I got from it was like somebody's posting on their stories or something. Like they had a cup of tea in bed at midnight, and you can kind of go, ah, okay, I see. It's not something you get on a Harry Nilsson record. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, no, uh, I, I, I'm I'm very into those sort of like ultra modern lyrics that reference things like Ubers and phones and stuff. Yeah, uh, that that does make sense. Uh, actually, now I come to think about it, uh, yeah. But um. Again, he's always uh, the sort of person in this song who is not me, um, but I have been this person a couple of times. Um, like the whole thing of keeping calm and centered and cannot wait to meet his fortunes right and he's planning for the unknown and things like that. It's just kind of like planning for this hypothetical, hyper-exciting future that will happen one day. But mm -hmm. he goes to bed at like nine o'clock <laughs> he doesn't get to live that exciting future he's prepping for it but bless his cotton socks it will never come to him <laughs> <laughs> see from this this song i must have misread it a little bit from listening to it the times i have because i thought it was about you and it was from your perspective even though it says like you know he checks his phone i thought that was like you checking your phone uh um, no but... it, it definitely it definitely can't be me um, because he has time for a breakfast shower, changing his clothes, <laughs> reading the news, uh, and like walking into work. That is not <laughs> me. I do not have the time for that. So are you sort of like, 
Is this sort of like a, oh, what's the word? Sort of a bit of a knock against this hypothetical guy here. Um, Half a knock, half a, well, wouldn't it be nice to have time? <laughs> to I have see. breakfast. <laughs> the luxuries, eh? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's 2022, the world is broken. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like, you win some, you lose some. And this person is winning the fact that he's, uh, you know, maintaining his life quite nicely. And he mm. has time that he can feel good about waking <clears throat> up in the morning. But on the other hand, his mates are out having a whale of a time in nightclubs and things. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I'm very much this guy. I I can totally relate to this guy. I'm always that. Like, like, like I say, uh, I'm not this guy, but I have been this guy on occasion. Been. And I still am occasionally. <laughs> Um, like, like everyone's breaking out the whiskey and you go, right, well, I better get home because I've got work in the morning. But uh... Honestly, on a, on a personal note, I'm trying to counteract that guy in me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to go, no, 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 you're only young ones. You've got to do things. <laughs> See, I'm trying to as well. But the thing is, like, you do need that drive in there to look after yourself. Yeah, like, you uh, do. You need to deploy that guy at the right occasions. It's just uh, kind of knowing what the right one and the wrong one is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but then the ethos of this song is very counter to the second song of mine, which we shall get to later. One question that links the two, and I won't get ahead of us here, because I know obviously, yeah, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but with um, Early Riser, while you were writing it and you were going, okay, right, I've got one more song to write in February, and it's going to be sort of the flip side of that coin, so to speak. Did you start to generate ideas for the next song while you were writing Early Riser? Or was it just like two separate entities? Uh, little column A and little column B. I knew more what Late to Bed was going to be about before I started writing it. Okay. So Early Riser ended up, as I was like writing the lyrics, I ended up thinking, well, no, let's just do the counter to that. I mean, you could argue that there, uh, like, uh, you could be both of those. Like, uh, like the the early riser decided to go late to bed one night, or like uh, it's inverted or something. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, would it be fair to say, like, you know, we were just both saying, like, oh, we've definitely both been that guy who's like, oh, going home early. Would it be fair to say, like, each song sort of represents, I don't know. Like a certain eventuality on a night out or something, or am I thinking too much into it? Um, it possi- possibly. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do tend to do that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's more just capturing two general moods and like saying, well, what if like this is like the default for this person, this is the default for the other, and like the between the two songs, I've been both. But what if you were predominantly one more than t'other? I think it's such a cool topic for a song slash songs. Um, I, I like that you've done quite a bit of this. This oh, let's say this season. Well, yeah, this season. But like in the February challenge, particularly, where like you go quite often. There's, there's a disclaimer. This isn't about me, by the way. This is like a fictional character, and so you're exploring these parts of people who aren't you and i think that's a really interesting thing to do songwriting wise 
Yeah, it's it's only gotten worse. Like in literally the most recent song I've written, there's like um, I have to play it on the podcast at some point. But like it started off being like uh, being out on a night out with your straight mates, and they're all on the pool, and you're going like, "Yeah, really, mate." Um, and then I noticed something about the lyrics, and then I changed it halfway through, so it was about like a gay guy like fancying a straight mate on a night out. And it's just every time I play that now, I have to go disclaimer, disclaimer. This is not me. <laughs> you can all relax you're fine <laughs> that's well good um you were saying oh maybe i should play that on the podcast sometime maybe we could do like a bonus episode at some point where we bring our post february songs to the podcast because i've got a that, few as well yeah that can be uh episode eight nice yeah cool hey this is the earliest we've ever thought of an episode eight <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like the day before what are we going to do by the way what are we going to do for episode 8 um, I don't know let's just like make fart noises on air wait that's even better oh my god oh my god so I think we've yammered on for that about that one quite long enough um, uh, Roger I believe you have also done some songs yeah um, <clears throat> uh, the first one I'm going to bring to the podcast here that we're doing right now is called Figure Me Out, and it was the sixth song I wrote, and I think I wrote this on the 7th of February. And uh, it goes a little something like this. Okay, G major, song six, Figure Me Out. Tell you secrets You won't hear a word coming out of my mouth Nothing's gonna come between us No one's gonna know what I'm thinking about Everybody always wants a little bit more Once you got to hide behind this little red door The second that I let you see me I knew that it was time to be kicking you out But you weren't giving up so easy I wanna stick around just to figure you out Figure me out
So that was uh, Figure Me Out, uh, which uh, I think you said was the sixth song that you wrote for this challenge. I really like that. Thank That's you. That's a lot of fun. It's kind of got this nice groove, like... It's nice, like, drive forward through it. Thanks, like, uh, yeah. Like, how did this one start? Did you have, like, a, a chord idea, or did you have a rhythm idea, or did you have a word idea, or did you have all of these ideas at once? <laughs> um, it was definitely a case of, like, rhythm first. Um, I was saying to you while we were listening to it, like, because I knew we were making an album together, or, like, you know, a portion of these songs would be on an album that you and I are doing, I think I lent into more of my, like rock songwriting side so like more upbeat rather than finger picked acoustic or piano ballads or what have you although there were a few of those so mm. uh, it's kind of like that um you'll be able to help me out with this that dave grohl that foo fighters song dave grohl wrote that was like supposed to be in time with the audience jumping what was that song enough space I can sort of hear like like it it sways nicely. Yeah, like, the the listeners can't hear this right now, but like just to that rhythm, I'm swaying my shoulders and my neck and my head <laughs> side to side, and it's 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 quite a nice feeling. I could keep doing this for a while. I think it's I will. Soothing, soothing, isn't it? Soothing. Yeah. I'm doing it too. I look like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I keep referencing Stevie Wonder. I'm obsessed. Um, it's not a bad thing to be obsessed about. Stevie Wonder's really good. <laughs> he is really good. Um, but yeah, so like it started with that sort of um, rhythm first thing. Not necessarily by like doing the audience jumping thing, because that's a little bit slower, but just like, okay, I need to come up with a song. Um, what tempo do I want it to be? Because automatically choosing a tempo for me, like, well, it rules out all the other tempos. So like you go, okay, this is the speed of the song. So I was like, I want the drum beat to be like... You know, like fast, upbeat, and that kind of dictates a certain uh, flavor and, you know, vibe for the song. And then yeah. the s second thing I thought was, I don't want to just kind of like play some chords and then come in with the vocal. I want the guitar line on the intro and between the verses and the choruses to be um, melodic in its own right. So that's where you get that do da ba da ba da 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 that's uh that's supposed to be like its own little hook in a way i guess and i knew that i wanted to like harmonize that and just kind of you know really i don't know make it as upbeat as i could see if that's a hook i imagine like doing a bit of a crowd chanty thing on that like a uh, but then like i imagine like, <laughs> I like these, these crowd chanty choirs harmonizing so you record everything like fifty thousand times but you end up like this these free crowds who are harmonizing with each other <laughs> that could be really cool i mean this is one of the ones on the album we're doing so that's a really good idea just do that once just to confuse everybody and then just like go straight back to the guitars after that <laughs> it is one one passage of 150 voices whoa, 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 and that's it and just all of uh, 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 all of us both of us like doing all the silly voices that we can do this is a reference to something that Declan and I do Declan I think you kind of like started doing this really before I don't know which one of us did this first but anyway the thing is like We've, we both do this thing now where if you want to get a big crowd vocal sound and you just by yourself or with a friend or something, um, just set the 
section you want a crowd vocal on on loop or just record over and over again on it and just do like one voice that's your own voice one voice where you're like a football like imitating a football hooligan another one where you're like imitating like a cartoon character and just like all these different voices and they all sound stupid in isolation but when you put them together it just sounds incredibly huge yeah the only trouble is like you can't go too like wild if like some of them are louder than others like because i was doing there for example like my name's Lee Voice and goes like that. The trouble is, if I do that too loud on a crowd recording, that's the one that pops through. <laughs> and yeah. you have to bury that. <laughs> so one of my favourite things to do, like, when I'm recording is, like, it's almost like kind of um, making a composite of, like, what a room full of people would be. Like, particularly if you've got a fairly big room to record in. Record one near the mic, one a step away, one another step away, one right at the back of the room, one at the other corner. And as far as the audio recording knows... It's a crowd of people, especially if you're doing those different voices. I love that technique. It is it is such fun, although you do feel a bit of an idiot where like you run out of voices and then you start breaking down laughing halfway through and you realise, oh my goodness, all my neighbours can hear me. <laughs> yes. What must they think is going on right now? <laughs> I know. Particularly if you're, like, you're doing like weird specific lyrics or something. Yeah. I mean, those of you who are listening who also record as well as write, you'll know that there's certain things that when you play them back after recording them, you're like, oh my god, that's such a great payoff, you know? One thing is like recording harmonised guitars, another thing is harmony vocals, Whoa. and another thing is the crowd vocals that we're talking about. It's just like, it's like a high, you know? It's great. Yeah, it's that moment where you just look at it and you go, it works. Yes. My goodness, it works. I didn't waste all that time. I always put it off for like ages like i don't listen to all of it back until like i've like sat there and like comped it all and like put all the layers like panned and everything then i go right okay time for my reward and i press space and if i'm lucky nine times out of ten it works it's huge but anyway we're going on about that if you can't tell i'm very excited about that kind of thing so um, am i i mean we're the two worst people to host a podcast uh because we do just get excited about things and talk about them instead of the things that we're meant to be talking about <laughs> i feel like we have like half an excuse this time because like songs like this figure me out we're both gonna be producing together and we've we've done a couple of experiments together haven't we over the years but like this will be the first like album project we're gonna like bring both of our songwriting styles to and both of our production styles to so yeah, it's because uh, we've guested on each other's tracks and we've like had, I think, one rando jam, uh, which I think I've still got the file for that somewhere. I'm going to have to try and find it. Arabian jam. Uh, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> that's wasn't the it? one. And you had that like tube thing that made like a drone sound. Do you remember? Yes. Did we put that on the end of one of the podcasts? I can't remember. I feel like we did, actually. Um. We'll have to go back through all of the um uh through all of the episodes and try and find that now. Or if you're listening to this and you you know, you've just like done the run through all the podcasts, be like, Oh, that's episode ninety eight or whatever, because we'd like to know. Uh, I think you'll find that's actually <laughs> episode fifty six. It starts at the one minute uh one minute we put it at the start. It was a very short episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, yeah, so this is going to be fun to produce some stuff together. Plus, like like I said, I think last week or the week before, I think we'll definitely bring out the best in each other in terms of, well, the songs are written, but like in terms of production and stuff as well. So um, just to finish off uh, this little segment about this song, 
Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of another song about introversion, and that just pops up Hooray! so much for me recently. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's like I don't know. It's like a song about like. I know I can be quite introverted. Like, in my actual, like, day-to-day life, I'm trying to, like, lean into, I don't know, like, experiences and, like, being with my friends and, like, trying to live life to the fullest and stuff. Um, but this song is kind of leaning into and almost, like, uh, tongue-in-cheek embracing that aspect of me that's like, fuck off, everyone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, not fuck off. I demand like, to be alone right now. Just like, I like my own space. It's like, I mean, if I just read a bit of verse one. I won't even tell you secrets. You won't hear a word coming out of my mouth. Nothing's going to come between us. No one's going to know what I'm thinking about. Everyone, everybody always wants a little bit more. What's he got to hide behind his little red door? Um, which is not a lyric I'm particularly fond of, but you said And you... it's a lyric I quite like a lot. Ah, see, now we're doing this album together. I can't, like, subtly change that now. <laughs> No, because I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> like, uh, even if you sing, if you even if you sing it without it, I'm going to sneakily, like, uh, record uh, it myself, pop it back in, and everyone will wonder why. Like, suddenly goes, uh, wonder what he has behind his little red door. <laughs> <laughs> or you could go back into like our archive of previous episodes of the podcast and just like get little sound bites of me saying "little red" and "door." No one I love how you had to put the and in there <laughs> just, so that I couldn't just rip that section and auto-tune it. <laughs> yeah. Um, ah, let me think about this song here. I think that's kind of it. I mean, like we've said before, like th- these songs were written a little while ago, so I'm just kind of like doing what comes to mind. But that's about it for this song, I think. Well, that's a really nice song, and I'm looking forward to producing it on the uh, album. Likewise. Very, very excited, bud. It's going to be good. Uh, what's I'll your think, next song? I'll- Ooh, uh, my next song is called Late to Bed. Um, as I mentioned, it's part two of a pair of songs. <coughs> and uh, it goes like this. Late to bed again last night With not enough water to drink My head splits from the sound of the alarm Stumble on the bus to work With barely a moment to think Got to cook up several excuses Someone could reasonably ask Why I do this when I'm able Bye. 
Late to bed. That's your last song of the February run, and uh, the sort of uh, flip side of the coin to Early Riser. Big fan of this. Uh, it's another one that's going to go on our album together, and oh, there's so much we can do in terms of like production, like big gang vocals at the end, and just the melody and the the diminished chord that goes into the bridge. I'm a yeah, really big fan of this. Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, again, like Early Riser, I had the title for this one ahead, and like Early Riser, I just put it as the first word you hear in the song because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> but I kind of knew this one was going to be about like uh, when you wake up from a night out and you feel just dreadful, and there's part <laughs> of you going like, why? Why do you do this to yourself? Never again. What can you possibly get? Yeah, never again. And then you do it again because you're having a good time with your friends. I feel like this side of the coin, as opposed to Early Riser, more sums up your actual attitude to life. Is that fair to say? Yes. It's closer. It's not actually my point of view, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the closest thing to my point of view in it is like... um, Last night could be the night I remember as my last one. Like, uh, which is kind of depressing to think about. There is going to be a night that we we won't know what it is, but it'll be the last night that, like, say, you and I go out and have a drink together. Oh my god, that's we meet or we meet up with our friends in the southwest uh, and uh, all get together for a drink. There, There will be a last time we do that. That's a sobering thought, but it's, it's, it's. I think it's a really good thing. I think that 
that kind of I think death is a really good reminder that you know things are finite you got to make the most of things yeah which is kind of the big drive of the chorus like the reason why we do this is that at least we have the memories absolutely absolutely and again this kind of leans into this uh style of song which i've characterized before as we few we happy few which i think sums up particularly this type of song of yours of life is short you only live once and let's make the most of it Hmm. it's uh yeah it's it's but it was also trying to play out like the downside of that in the verses uh, like I have definitely got on the bus being not 100% sober from a <laughs> night out desperately hoping that I can drink enough water to be stable by the time I get onto the shop floor or like oh, uh, you and I have lurched down the painting streets trying to grab us a bite <laughs> uh, when we've all been thinking like ow uh, ow see, I, I thought that um, you know walking down the streets trying to grab us a bite I thought that was like calmly waking up on a sunday morning and like you know strolling down to the local cafe and having some breakfast see uh i i that's not the way i was thinking of it at all like you have the waking up on someone's floor to groaning and snoring a light uh find my friends and turn them red or like uh stir our group and turn them red like implying that you were just all at a house party or something yeah that makes sense uh i just j- just one little question about this song. You, while we were listening to it, you were saying that, like, oh, you know, the uh, the penultimate chorus, I uh, made it more subdued because that's how I do it live, as opposed to on the original demo where it was like a loud, more raucous uh, arrangement. Um, how how would you describe like how the live process shapes songs for you and like what it changes in terms of lyrics and dynamics? Like, is that, is that something that happens often for you? Um, sort of. There are songs that get liveified and have sections built into them. I was mentioning last week, Anchor's got like its bridge section now is to get dedicated to like a bit of a monologue and a crowd sing along, which would never ever be on a, on an actual recording. Um, <laughs> or like there are certain songs that have jokes that lead into them. Uh, and this one, it was just a case of getting to that getting to the bridge like that i know i could just walk away but um and realizing i i think the audience is on side i think i could keep this going uh for two choruses and i think one of them could be quiet uh and that sort of seeps into being the default way of how you play it and then like literally when i was recording it i just went completely on autopilot for it uh, it's just <laughs> kind of like oh when i was recording the vocals like Oh, this isn't the loud one. Oh, whoops. Right. Um, <laughs> whoopsie doodle. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I do think it's interesting how the live process sort of um shapes these things. Um, so like, how did this one start? You know, obviously, I know it's the other side to early riser in a thematic sense, but how about musically? Um, it started with that three four rhythm. Um, well, I suppose technically it's six eight. Uh, but yeah, it's been ages since I've written a song in triple meter and I really wanted to. Uh, and then that kind of led on to this, uh, when I was getting the chords together, uh, led on to this really nice rolling kind of feel for the chorus. Uh, and this song is, again, this one's 
pretty much entirely diatonic. It just features a few more minors and like a diminished in there. But like that chorus goes really big on like one, four, one, <laughs> five. <laughs> it's like uh, there's this uh, person uh, at a load of the Bristol Open Mics called Sound Church who has uh, a couple of songs that he can just get people to sing along to instantly, even if they never heard them before. And that has infuriated me. <laughs> and most of my songwriting now, when it comes to songs that I know are going to be performed live, are driven by the fact that I need to get these crowd sing-alongs and I need to be better than him because he's really good at it. How dare he be talented? <laughs> that damn Sam Church. <laughs> Your arch Sam nemesis. Church, Sam Church. <laughs> oh dear. It's very much the Moriarty to your um, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture you, you sure there, like the you're in the corner of the open mic, like sort of like biting your fist angrily as you're staring at him on stage. Yeah, next time, Sam Church. Yeah, yeah Sam Church, eh? Yeah. <laughs> he's a very talented songwriter, uh, and he's a very talented performer as well. Um, I shall just put that there, just to completely like, <laughs> like try and absolve myself of anything. Oh no, no, we're definitely. I, I don't even know the guy. I've never heard him play. I don't live in Bristol, but um, I'm sure he's very talented. If you speak highly of him like that, but the idea of you being <laughs> bitter and twisted makes me laugh. That's basically my IRL life. How could you? Like, I, I am bitter and twisted. Thank you very much. <laughs> Some of us are proud of it. Oh man. <laughs> Um, but no, it just uh, came out of uh, that rolling rhythm. I think I might have had to move it down to D as well because that chorus, as we discussed last week, my top note that I can reach is normally like an F sharp if I push. So that chorus starts off on an F sharp on the last night, last night. Um, you can tell my voice is in great shape, can you? Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. But, uh, You've been working all day and you did these demos. I've been working nine two five. No, I haven't. I've been working twelve two seven. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I, again, looking at um, the lyric sheet here, it's unlike uh, Early Riser, which did go through like uh, like moving a couple of the choruses around, uh, a couple of the verses around, and swapping out a couple of lines just to make them hit home a bit better. This one didn't. Um, like there are two, there are two changes that were made from the initial draft of the lyrics. Uh, could be the night I talk about for all of my years to come was originally. Could be the night I talk about for years to come, which doesn't roll as nicely. For all of my years to come sounds so much nicer. Mm. And then there's one bit in verse three where it's like lurching through the paint and air. I cross out lurching, and I write lurching again beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've all done that at some point. I'm just like, that's the wrong lyric. I've got another one. No, lurching's best. <laughs> yeah, no, it works. Uh, like I was saying, as it, uh, it was playing, like uh, I do sometimes change that out to stumble depending on how I feel. There'll be two versions of our album. One is going to have the word stumbling and one is going to have the word lurching. And you won't know which one you get until you listen to that track. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, purists in the future will like argue, no, no, it's the stumbling version. That's the best album. 
That's the definitive one. That's the one they consider canon. <laughs> yeah, there'll be all sort of like forum debates and stuff like that. Um, no, but I, I really like this. This is a really good song. Uh, and like I said about um, <clears throat> the other ones, basically, looking forward to producing it and seeing what we can do. Definitely crowd vocals. Yeah, this is going to be a bit of a shouty one. And I like that. For show, for show. Uh, okay, the next one I'm bringing uh, to show everybody is called How Many? And uh, it goes like this. Song 8. How many? G major. 2. A 1 and a 2 and a 1, 2, 3, 4. How many days did you stand out in the rain? How many times did you sail me down the tracks? How many years have passed you by, kicked you down and made you cry? Left you with a target on your back. Whoa, how many loves have left and gone away? How many hearts go bad inside a cage? How many lives have gone astray, lost their light, made away? Left without an actor on the stage. Life is hard enough without these dreams. If I'm Have I told to ease the pain? Yeah. How many times have I seen you on the big screen? You light me up and knock me out and leave me feeling green. Well, how many times have I seen you on the screen? Oh, how many years of labor can you bear? Well, the folks around you really start to care. How many days have gone and came without a penny to your name? How many years of labor can you bear? Cause life, life is, is hard enough without these dreams. They bind, they bind and, and tie me up till I can speak. How many by Roger Heathers, and uh, can I say how many there is? That's one, one out of one. I like it. It's really good. I forgot you used to do that. You used to make a little joke out of the song name. Bring it back. I, I haven't, I haven't had much chance, but I'm trying. <laughs> um, what's my other one called? Figure me out. You could have gone like, I can figure you out. No, 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 no. I'm Declan. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how I sound? Uh, to me, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, this is this is how deep our friendship goes. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that is that song, and I really like it. It's kind of got. I was saying it needs a double bass. It feels like uh, you could almost like be in a, bar, a saloon or something playing it, or like uh, have like a banjolele or like a piano or something. Mm. And just have like your jazz band behind you. It's one of those nice songs where like the uh, the arrangement is almost like half cooked just by the nature of the song. Like you know, drums with brushes and. Maybe a fiddle player or something. Yeah, uh, fiddle player. Oh, yeah, wild that... fiddle player just in the oh. second half, but doing like um, "Don't Pass Me By" kind of shit in the background. Yes, that'd be so good. And then they take a little solo, and they're all because that could be that little staccato bit that you've got in the end there. Like uh, that can be the fiddle solo. Oh man, I yeah, I think I'm gonna have to produce this one up because this one's not on our album. Yeah, put it on a project, put it on a project, do it now, do it now, put it on a project, put it on a project, do it now, do it now! I can't do it now because I'm podcasting with you. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this this one came from, from an interesting place. So I was on Twitter and... <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to say then. <laughs> I was on Ecstasy, no. Um, I was on Twitter and... I kind of got. I went down a bluegrass rabbit hole, and uh, <clears throat> and I started to listen to just a few different banjo players, guitar players, and they, it, it kind of similarly to my other song, uh, "Figure Me Out," where it's like the kind of the rhythm came first. I was just listening to these guys, and they were playing a style of songwriting I'd never really tried before, which is like doom dicka doom dicka doom dicka doom dicka doom, you know, very. <laughs> Sounds really horrible to say, but like kind of almost like hillbilly or something. And, it's very uh, country. That's a nicer way of saying it. And uh, so I was like, let me, let me try and write a song like that. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to take it too seriously. The lyrics aren't going to be very deep or anything like that, but um, relatively diatonic. Um, the verses are built around G major and E minor, or like the build up to the verses. Um, so just, you know, major one, minor six. And uh, then it kind of uses fours and fives um, throughout the verses, but there's a few peppered in like major twos and that sort of thing in there. Ooh, Spice it up. And, and I, I'm trying to think like what the lyrics are kind of about really here. Um, it, it's one of those songs that kind of like, uh, like the John Lennon song, How. Like the whole premise of the song is like he's asking how can I move forward and like every verse or every stanza begins with how and uh, don't get me wrong like this wasn't taken from that idea it's, it's the closest thing now in retrospect I can think of that's close to it um, how many days did you stand out in the rain how many times did they sail you down the tracks how many years have passed you by kicked you down and made you cry left you with the target on your back so like also the other thing from the bluegrass thing I just remembered is it it wasn't just the rhythm but it was like the kind of like phrasing of the lyrics like the i can't quite think like what defines it but just like that sort of like fast paced kicked you down and made you cry like the sort of fast almost like uh drawled lyrics i know what uh, you mean i can't articulate it but i know what you mean yeah almost, almost limerick like but also very kind of like um uh, entertaining i guess like i'm not saying mine is but like the, all the guys i checked out on twitter and stuff like they were entertaining and they kind of like kept your attention with their rhyme schemes and like the way the chords moved and changed and 
it's not something I'm well versed in, but this is my attempt at that, basically. It's a very well-worn road, that style, and it sort of forced... Does it? Did you find it forced you to sort of uh, think a bit more about what you were writing, or was it very much like a, you know, oh, I've got this framework to work within, so it's a lot easier to get to the point? What, what was your experience with that? Yeah, yeah, much easier with that framework. Because, um, like, it's almost like you think, okay, well, that's the tempo. That's kind of what the songs are about, you know, either heartbreak or trials and tribulations or whatever and this is my rhyme scheme so already a few of the boxes are already kind of like ticked for you so it's almost like painting by numbers or something that's an interesting way of looking at it like uh i suppose we had this a little bit with our um genre challenges uh season or two ago Hmm. which uh this is kind of uh like an extension of that in a way definitely i think writing within um a small set of boundaries um can be quite good and also sometimes a little easier you know we've said before like if somebody says write a song and you're like uh okay like i'll try whereas if somebody goes write a bluegrass song you go oh okay cool right i know i'm gonna play g c and d and i know it's gonna be pretty upbeat and um like i was even saying before the production style is rather uh you know uh, predetermined as well you know yeah, like you could hear a couple of ways you could take that. Like if you had a guitar, you can hear uh, electric guitar and that you can hear that sort of sound. <laughs> That'd be great. Or like, we was, or like we were saying as well, like you can hear a double bass in there or you can hear like a folk backing band uh, or you can hear like the strings or whatever. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, it, yeah. It's something that ha- tends to happen a bit with my songs because I tend to play quite rhythmically on chords that you can sort of hear an implied drum beat. Uh, in there and it's it's kind of interesting like trying to extrapolate out from that what the full sound would be and sometimes it's easier than others on this one it's very clear where this needs to go i think that's a really good point about like the the guitar part or the riff containing at least the blueprint for what can be extrapolated out in terms of production and or like a band arrangement i think i don't know this is probably a broad stroke to say but like i think a good demo contains the seed of what the production will be you know what i mean Mm. it's not uh an instruction manual but it's a suggestion it's a serving suggestion i I like to think of it like i've said before like i've started drawing recently i've started to think of demos like the demos we're showing on the podcast here as almost like pencil drawings like really sketchy sort of like you know the shapes are there the characters there you can kind of see what's going on and then when you go back to it to record properly you know, you might be with your friends and they'd be like, hey, put some bold lines in there or like what's the, like shading should be there or like, you know, let's put some different color on here and like design it in a certain way. And then you can be just as creative with the production process as you can be with the writing process. So, yeah. And that, and that's where the real fun lies when you can have fun with the production. Oh, isn't it just that like, we were talking about sort of like that high of the payoff with recording. There's nothing to me which beats having a song written and demoed to a click track which you feel is like quite good you go oh, i've written quite a good one here i think and then you have that fun of like well the song's already written so that challenge is over now let's just have fun like what's the drum beat gonna be how am i gonna mic the snare drum like what's the bass sound gonna be like let me add some synthesizers like that's just or finding that or finding that one part that slots into that gap perfectly and it just makes the track oh man yeah and then you add harmonies you never would have thought of before and backing vocals that respond to the lyrics in a certain way and 
I, it's, it's, it's the best. Welcome to the weekly production podcast. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, songwriting is so intrinsically linked with production, don't you think? Yes and no. I have uh, a broad view that uh, a song should be able to just stand on its own as in chords and melody and lyrics aside from production. Mm. This is kind of the basis on which I choose my covers. I don't choose them based on like what's going to sound uh, closest to the original uh, with an acoustic guitar and a shouty man. Um, <laughs> I choose what I think is a good song and then try and make it fit into the medium. Like, good songs can transcend genre and style and things like that. But on the other hand, when you're the creative writing the song, of course they're tied in with production, particularly if you know a little bit about it. You don't even have to know, like, tons. You just need to know a little bit about how records are made, and you can suddenly start thinking, well, okay, if I give this sort of rhythm that, you can sort of guess a bass line might be doing this. Or you can guess there might be a strong emphasis on like the snare at these points or something like that. That's a really good point. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that sort of ethos of like, uh, generally speaking, a good song should be able to play be able to play it acoustic and uh, still be a good song. Um, it makes me think of uh, this really interesting thing I heard um, from John Bryan, who uh, is a fantastic singer, songwriter, worked with Kanye West, Amy Mann, Elliot Smith, and bunch of other people and i remember listening to an interview with him once and he said um when people say oh, i love that song they can mean one of two things like one of which is like i like essentially what's on the sheet music like i like the chords the melody and the lyrics like the song like anyone could have written it and then people could do various different versions of it or when people say that they can mean like i like this version i like that recording do you know what i mean like all that live performance that was captured like i like the guitar tone they got on there i like the way the double bass comes in like i love their harmony so like there's the performance and then there's the song in its raw data i guess i thought that was an interesting yeah. distinction to make it's odd because like there's a um, like when we talk about the songs that we've been listening to this week i've got two and one of them is because of the way it's constructed with chords and like lyrics and things, and one of them is just because of like the vibe of the production. Mm. Mm. So it, it is, it is true, and it's simultaneously true. Like you don't, like you probably end up like favoring one over the other, one approach to the other. But then you do have both. And I, I think mean, what, this is this yeah. is why, for example, like if you normally like, uh, say, for example, if you like heavy metal stuff, but you might hear a folk song that really connects with you, just because it's a bloody good song yes yeah yeah i mean it, good music goes beyond genre which sounds so corny in a way because everyone i don't know like it's, it's often said but like the best and i think we agree on this point you know is like well potentially is um the best is when you're d right down the center where you know you've got a song that works acoustically and it's been tastefully arranged you know yeah, like a song that you know if you stripped it back to basics, you know, like, yeah, no, this is a good song. No one can take this away from me. But also, like, if you can have, like, some mad, crazy idea <laughs> that pays off really well in the construction of the recording and you go, oh, yeah, <laughs> people are going to remember this one. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, I mean, speaking of that, what were the songs that you uh, you have been listening to and enjoying this week? Um 
there have been two Paul McCartney songs. Okay. Uh, one of them is from his Chaos and Creation in the Backyard album, which I, is one of my favourite uh, Paul McCartney albums. Just period, mm. it's one of my favourites. Um, uh, it's a song called Friends to Go. Oh, I love that song. For your friends to go. I've been sliding down a slippy slope. I've been climbing up a slowly burning rope. But the flame is getting low. I've been waiting on the other side for your friends to go. You never need to worry about me. I'll be fine on my own. And what I love about it is if you look at how the chords are constructed, like the verses feature E, E minor, B, B minor, A, A minor. <laughs> like you've kind of got like uh, both of those sets of chords in there working in the same time and being tra- played straight from one to another and it doesn't sound wrong. And like it's got this great bridge where it goes from like a F sharp minor to C sharp minor to C to G back to F sharp minor and into a B7. <laughs> it's just like... Paul, you mad, mad genius. <laughs> That's such a fantastic song. You showed that to me um, uh, back in Cornwall. And just, yeah, the E major and E minor thing kind of blew my mind. But but it doesn't. it's not like he's being weird for the sake of being weird chordly. Yeah, it doesn't sound like odd. It just no. sounds like that's how the song goes. And like, it's almost, I don't know, I have lots of feelings about this song. Like, it's almost like the payoff for the weirdness in the verses really pays off like when it goes to more diatonic chords like it's almost like a double good yeah and uh, interesting thing about that song as well like um he always views that as being like his like doing a george harrison like uh really sort of yeah because he when he was writing the lyrics and everything and writing the chords he was thinking like oh this is how george might write a song ah oh, that's interesting because it's it's so kind of off the wall you know uh musically almost you know what i mean but like hmm but still retaining that strong pop melodic hook yeah and then the other one for me this week has been uh beck's version uh reimagining of um find my way also by paul mccartney well i can find my way i know my left from right because we never close i'm open day and night Um, uh, I think at the beginning of last year, but I just loved the vibe of it as well. Uh, like if you listen to the original, if you listen to the original one on McCartney Free, it's a very major song. Well, I can find my way. I know my left from right because we never close. I'm open day and night. Beck transforms it into being like based around G minor and like uh, around a Hofner bass, but doing like a very groovy bass line on it. That's very cool. Like, it's got these nice weird synths and guitars that sort of 
look through the stereo field, which I really like. Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to have to give that a listen. Um, I like that he changed the whole, like, um, scale of the song. That's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I think I prefer it to the original Find My Way. Hmm. It's kind of cool when the cover's better than the original, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's rare that it uh, happens. But the nice thing about this one is it is still Paul McCartney's vocals on it. So... How does that work if, like, he's singing it in G G major and the he Beck's rearranging it in G minor? Uh, no, it's not from G major to G minor. I think it's like shifted oh. down the, to the relative minor. Ah, oh, okay, I got you. My bad. I see. Um, well, what I've been listening to this week uh, is uh, probably my favorite song from the last Lemon Twigs album. Um, this album's called Songs for the General Public, and the song is called No One Holds You Closer Than the One You Haven't Met. They fail me all the time I'm gonna leave you alone Despite the light that might have shown Take care No one holds you Closer than the one you haven't met No one compares to The one that you invented in your head I've heard the grass get uh, have you heard this one? Nice. I have. I can't remember lots of it, uh, but I will be giving it a listen the minute we finish this podcast. I haven't, um, like, learnt the song on guitar or, like, looked at the chords, but from ear, it sounds like it does some really cool things. Similarly to Friends To Go, actually, in a sense, where, like, um, the whole song starts very uh, conventionally in the sense of, like, glam rock or something. Um, and it just kind of has these staccato um, crotchet notes uh, playing on the piano, and then it all kicks in, um, kicks into the verse, still in the major key. Uh, I think it's G major, probably wrong. And then by the time you get into the chorus, I think I think it changes to G minor. Um, but the the way it bridges from G major to G minor is, or major to minor, whatever the, the actual chord is, um, is just fantastic and. Uh, there's just so many cool little chord changes while also the song is just so melodic and accessible and it just makes all the right moves melodically and chordally in the right places, but you can tell it's written by someone who really knows their shit chordally. <laughs> it's a really nice trick, that changing from minor to major for a chorus. I think the only thing I, the only other one I can think of off the top of my head is um, John Grant, uh, "Where Dreams Go to Die," which mm. is in C minor and changes to C major for the chorus. In the coolest way, <laughs> I love that yeah. song. Oh, that whole album is so good. I see you closing all the doors. I see the walls as they go up. I know it's what you have to do. Probably do the same thing to my re-listen to that at some point yeah. oh, I re-listened to it again it, uh, recently it, it, it's still very good 
it, that he hasn't changed the album since we last listened to it. <laughs> Good old albums being a permanent record of something. <laughs> uh, so we've had an email in this week uh, from someone who's written into the podcast before, Ansley Hendricks. Uh, and she writes, Hi, Roger and Declan. I'd love to share my latest original song, Karma Waters. This came from a list of metaphors I jotted down. Life can often feel like a ship on water, sometimes rocky, sometimes calm. I wanted to craft a balance between dissonance and agreeable chord structures to symbolise how life can have stability and instability, like ocean waves. Thanks so much for listening, Ansley Hendricks. Well, thank you very much for writing in. And uh, yeah, she has sent in uh, an original song, uh, and it goes something like this. Wake up. 
That was Karma Waters by Ansley Hendricks. Thank you, Ansley, so much for sending that to us. Um, that really took me to a a really nice place listening to that. And I'm really, calm and peaceful. Yeah, me too. It's 2022 and everything's fine. Ah, oh, 2022. Um, <laughs> I, I think you, I think Ansley um, really did deliver on that sort of balance between dissonance and dissonance and agreeable chord structure, she puts it. And it almost feels like a sort of um, yin and yang type of thing. You know what I mean? Like the sort of lyrics versus the, the soothingness of the chords. It's, yeah, really cool. Yeah, the uh, the choice of strings to use as the uh, instrument there, uh, the, the main uh, instrument for that one, like really helps like blend between the slightly weirder, sussy, dissonancy kind of chords and then just some more straight ones. So you get this sort of gentle rocking motion, which again, you know, reinforces the ocean theme which I quite like I quite like that yeah same and uh, the synths kind of sway in the same way as the ocean sounds do which I thought was a nice touch yeah I really enjoyed that I'm just in a really calm mood now me too we're, we're too like low key and chilled out now to like be upbeat on the podcast well this is just how the podcast is going to be from now on this Thank is like immensely. This is like if the Weekly Song Podcast was on NPR. <laughs> You're listening to the Weekly Song Podcast. We haven't written any songs this week because we didn't feel like it. Just, we're just vibing, man. Just straight vibing. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast at all, or you've got an original song that you'd like to send in, or I, I don't know... You just fancy writing out a random haiku to someone and you have no one you know who you can email it to, email it to us uh, at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook and on YouTube and on various other things. Just search Weekly Song Podcast into Google and wherever we are, we'll show up. Um, (laughs) Roger, uh, whereabouts can people find you and your music? What do they search for? What do they need to know? Where do they start? Why, <laughs> but, why, why, why listen to your music? Why do anything? What's the point? First of all, I want to say um, <clears throat> we're very open to haikus. I just want to reinforce that. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> um, best place to sort of follow me online is at Roger Heathers on Instagram. Uh, you can also find my music, various albums I've put out um, over the last 10 years or so on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Bandcamp, YouTube, etc., etc., uh, just by searching Roger Heathers. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, how about you, Declan? Where can people find you and your music online? Uh, if you search Declan Kitchener into Spotify or iTunes or any of the services that you use, I'll probably come up. Um, uh, also, uh, Bandcamp, because I'm poor. And I'd like to not be poor. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sucks having to say, give me money, but give me money. Um, yeah, uh, 
that that's about it really you can find me on facebook as well Declan kitchen and music and on youtube uh again Declan kitchen and music uh and i believe that is absolutely everything for this week i believe it is yeah so, thank you all thank- very much for listening yeah and we shall see you next week with four more songs four uh, it, more I'd, years i still feel weird doing four songs every week it still feels slightly wrong it it feels wrong but it's so right <laughs> Ta-ra. we'll see you we'll see you then Ta-ra. <laughs>